Give the person next to you a high five and a big hug. Give the person next to you a high five and a big hug. Amen. And stay standing, please. Stay standing. Amen. Happy, okay, tomorrow's Easter. Happy Good Friday. How do you say that? Happy Good Friday. Happy Good Friday. Uh, it is so good to be here. We want to welcome all our campuses, uh, City Heights, San Isidro, East County, San, Mar- San Marcos, and Point Loma, and all the people watching online. God bless you. All the people, uh, the guys and girls in prison, let's all give everybody a big hand. God bless y'all. What's up? What's up? Uh, Obviously, tomorrow and Sunday, we have our Easter services, and as was said in all the campuses, uh, tomorrow and Easter, it's going to be a different message from today. We want to encourage you to invite somebody to come on back. Today, we're going to talk about how we know Jesus died, and, and then tomorrow and Sunday, we're going to talk about how we know he rose from the dead. Uh, this is the most important weekend in the history of the world. Uh, because this his death and resurrection, the only way people may be saved. And so it's very important we understand all that. It's very important we honor it and remember it. We talk about it all the time, but we put an exclamation point on it today. And today we're going to have a different kind of service. I know you heard it already. I'm going to tell you it again. I'm going to speak for another 28 minutes and 13 seconds. And then <laughs> we'll be about halfway through. We'll be about halfway through. And then we have some stuff for you to do. Uh, later in the service, all the campuses are going to do it uh, uh, on their own. But we have something for you to do where you're actually going to confess some stuff on pieces of paper and put them on the cross. Again, that will be explained to you. We're going to take communion. We're going to have an altar call. We've got more worship. And so when I'm done, we're only about halfway through. Everyone say halfway through. Halfway through. Say praise the Lord. <laughs> very good, very good. So let's, uh, let's pray and get this party started. Lord, thank you that you died. Thank you you didn't change your mind. Thank you that it wasn't too painful that you decided to do something different and leave us hanging because we needed you to die. So I pray that you would clarify that with us in our hearts and cement that in our minds that you did die. There was a plan. And everybody, you, the father, your enemies, was all a part of the plan that you would die. And they all participated that we would have an opportunity to know you. Thank you. Lord, we pray for all the people watching online. We pray for all the people in in the campuses. We pray for all the people in prison. We pray for all the military all over the world as our world is so dangerous right now. And there are so many men and women who are protecting us and putting themselves in harm's way, even right now being shot at, separated for months from their family. We pray you bless them and encourage them. And, Lord, we always pray God bless America, but, Lord, it's, it's time for America to bless you by honoring you. So we pray that America would bless you by bowing its knee to Jesus Christ. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Turn to someone next to you and say, let's get with it. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. Amen. Let's get your Bibles out. If you are a visitor, get your Bibles out. Amen. On the count of three, we're going to lift our Bibles up. One, two. Y'all are doing really good now. I'm trying to catch you. I'm trying to catch you. One, two, three. Say word. Word. 
Very good. Turn to uh, Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26. The very first book of the New Testament. Every week, no matter what I'm teaching on, we share the gospel. And we give people an opportunity to give their life to Jesus Christ. And as part of the gospel, we always say Jesus died for our sin and he rose from the dead. And if you confess with your mouth that Jesus died for you and rose from the dead, you will be saved. Pretty much. Y'all should have that memorized. If you ever thought to yourself, he's saying the same thing. I will be saying that until I die. Matter of fact, my prayer is that when I die, there is somebody in the room who's not saved. And that my last breath, after I say goodbye to my family, CL, 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 I'm going to be 120, so it's going to be my great, 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 great grandchildren. All of y'all will be gone, okay? <laughs> but there's a non-Christian in the room, and I say, I want to lead you to the Lord, and I get to say that and die. Today, I want to talk about seven reasons we know Jesus died. Now, you may say, well, we know he died. I don't want to take it for granted. I want us to understand better the circumstances around his death so we can really grasp it because that's what today is all about, his death. Amen? And his death is important because the Bible says all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and the penalty of sin is death. If Jesus didn't die for, his, for our sin, we would have to die for our sin. So this is very, very important. And if Jesus died for our sin and you reject his death, you have no hope of salvation. So it's not only important for you to understand that he died and the plan around and the circumstances around his death, but the reason for his death. That even the father was part of the plan that he would die. So you and I can have an opportunity to receive Christ as a Savior. I was talking to somebody, I, I talk to people all the time about the, the Lord, and, and someone was saying, well, if God is so loving, would he send people to hell? I said, because he is loving, he will send you to hell. What does that mean? That means if you say to God, God, I reject your salvation, God will say, okay, then I won't give it to you. And I will send you to a place where you never have to hear about me again. Unfortunately, that place is called hell. So because he is loving, he will not force heaven on you. He will not force salvation on you. So we want you to know the circumstances around his death and the reason so you and I can have an opportunity. So you do not reject that reason and just think, well, he died. Many people wear crosses and have crosses tattooed on their bodies, celebrities and just all kinds of people as a good luck charm. It is not a good luck charm. Matter of fact, it could be the very thing that condemns you because you can't say you didn't know. So if you got a cross on you, you better have a cross in you (laughs) because if you die and say, hey, look, Lord, he's going to say, that means you knew. You're even more accountable. Seven reasons. Number one, Jesus himself predicted he would die. That's all I need to know. (laughs) He said I was going to die. Matthew 26 Verse 1 to 2, now it came to pass when Jesus had finished all these sayings, this is before the Last Supper, before he was arrested, that he said to his disciples, you know after two days is the Passover and the Son of Man will be delivered up to be crucified. 
Jesus says, I am going to die. He also said, I'm going to rise in three days, which, by the way, tomorrow and Sunday is Easter, so we're going to make sure we, we get that part because that's the, that's the cherry on the top. But Jesus says, I am going to die. I remember when I was 15 years old, I think Bruce Lee died. And I remember Bruce Lee saying he was going to rise. He did not rise. My, my son sent me a video of Bruce Lee the other day. Uh, how, many, how many of y'all know Bruce Lee? Anybody? Okay, uh, um, a dumb question. How many of y'all never heard of Bruce Lee? Okay, oh, oh, just a couple. Okay, good, good, good. Bruce Lee said, whoa, remember that? <laughs> my brother, my son sent me a video of Bruce Lee with no shirt on. He weighed 135 pounds. He was a little, little itty-bitty guy, but he would whoop all of us at one time. And he, he, said, and he was doing all his stuff, whoa, whoa. And he then flexed his, his lats and like wings, and it said, uh, this is how you prepare getting on the United Airlines. But that's another story. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I could, I'm sorry. Forgive me, Father, if I have sinned. Forgive me, Father. That was messed up. <laughs> My son sent me another one, a guy in a wheelchair, neck brace. He said, take me off the plane. This is how I'm coming to court. <laughs> My bad. It's Good Friday. I shouldn't be telling jokes about that. Number two, uh, his enemies plotted his death. Matthew 26, verse 3 to 5. The chief priests and the scribes and the elders of the people assembled at the palace of the high priest who was called Caiaphas and plotted to take Jesus by trickery and kill him. Jesus says, I'm going to die. And his enemies plotted to kill him. You may have people, well, no, you do have people who don't like you. Can I get amen? amen? Does anybody think that you have no people in your life that don't like you? <laughs> you, you do? Okay. There are people who don't like you. And so when someone, when you hear of someone not liking somebody else, don't think it's news. And the people who are plotting against you, no matter what they do, if you stay focused on Jesus, even God can use their trickery on you to good. Jesus says, I'm going to die. Over here, his enemies are plotting to kill him through trickery, false witness, people to make stuff up. How many of you have something made up about you? Welcome to the Jesus Club. How many of you had a friend betray you? Welcome to the Jesus Club. Listen, this is, a, this is a, part, a, a full participation interactive service. So if you can give me some of this right here. Some of y'all are like, I don't know why. I mean, I'm doing all the talking. All I'm asking you to do is raise your hand. <laughs> How many of y'all had someone betray you? Amen. Amen. Very good. How many of you had someone uh, say something nasty behind your back? Amen. Welcome to the Jesus Club. Number three, the crowd wanted him dead. Matthew 27, 22. He's on trial. He's beaten. He's bleeding. And he is innocent. And he's never sinned. And Pilate says, do you want me to crucify him or Barabbas, a known criminal? And look what the crowd says. Pilate said, what then shall I do with Jesus who is called to Christ? And they said, let him be crucified. How many of you have been falsely, unfairly accused of something? Very good. 
And let me tell you, it probably wasn't as bad as you thought. In other words, you were probably a little more guilty than you thought. (laughs) He had zero guilt. And he stood there and he could have said, no, you guys are wrong. He's, he, I never sinned. That's the guy. Matter of fact, angels kill all those people. He could have done that. He said nothing. Why? Because it was part of the plan to set you and I free. Can I get amen? Number four, he suffered the death penalty, was whipped, beaten, and crucified. Matthew 26, 27, verse 26 to 35. Let me read this whole passage. Then he released Barabbas to them, and when he had scourged Jesus, everyone say scourged him. They took his shirt off, his robe, if, I, if you will, bare back, and they had a, what they call cat of nine tails. It was, a leather, it was a handle with a leather strap that turned into nine leather straps, And those nine leather straps had bone and metal chips sticking out of each strap. And they scourged his back 39 times, times nine whips at a time. Forty lashes was the death penalty. Forty. They gave him 39. People died long before 39, usually. 39 times. Muscle and bone and skin off the bone. When you cut your finger with a paper cut, the world has to stop. (laughs) And he never did anything wrong. It says, when they, they released Barabbas to them, and when he had scourged Jesus, he delivered him to be crucified. Then the soldiers of the governor took Jesus into Petroleum downstairs underneath In this basement, gathered the whole garrison around him. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him to mock him. When they twisted a crown of thorns, two inch thorns they put on his head and a reed in his hand. When he put the thorns on his head, it was symbolic, they didn't know this, of him dying for the curse on the earth. Because the thorns were representative of the curse in the garden when Adam and Eve sinned. Now plants grow thorns. God says, I'm redeeming the earth when he died. It says, they bowed their knee before him and mocked him. Hail, king of the Jews. How many of you, by a show of hands, elbow above the ear, how many of you, by a show of hands, been mocked before? Made fun of, uh, you know, exactly. Verse 30, then they spat on him. Has anyone in here been spit on? Wow, a lot of y'all been spit on. What kind of lives y'all leading around here? (laughs) Who spit on you? (laughs) That's messed up. (laughs) I'm not talking about someone talking and I'm just talking about someone going, really? God bless y'all. Sorry. You know how to get spit on. That's, That's horrible. They spat on him. They took a reed and struck him in the head. And when they had mocked him, they took the robe off him, put on his own clothes and led him away to be crucified. And when they came out, They found the man of Cyrene, Simon by name. Him they compelled to bear the cross. And when they had come to the place called Golgotha, that is to say, place of the skull, they gave him sour wine mingled with gall to drink. And when he had tasted it, he would not drink it because it would have numbed the pain. Then they crucified him. They laid him on wood, a cross, 
And they nailed his hands into the cross and one foot over the other and a nail both through both feet. We cannot imagine that pain. You can't. You've broken bones, I've broken bones, I've done ligaments, muscles, all that kind of stuff. Nothing compared, I ripped actually, when I was in college, ripped my pectoral muscle, which is this huge, gigantic rock muscle right here. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm delirious today, I'm so happy. I, I was working out in college and I was bench pressing, it was probably like, you know, I think 315, I was working, I was just warming up at the time. And... uh just kind of just wrapping it out. And I had warmed up and literally I ripped this off the bone. And I screamed. They thought I was screaming because I was excited and I was like pushing and they didn't grab the weight and it ripped again. And then I, I, I almost threw up. That was the most painful in my life. I, I literally could not move my arm for, I don't know, six weeks. And I started working out. This is after I was All-American going to the NFL. I had one more year, and I couldn't lift my arm. And I started just with nothing. But that was, I can't imagine nails. I can't imagine being whooped. I can't imagine getting hit in the head with reeds. I can't imagine thorns in my head. I can't get imagined punched in the face, spit on, mocked, betrayed, because your disciple betrayed you. Your other disciple denied you, knowing you, with cursing three times. You're talking about physical, you're talking about emotional, you're talking about relational, pain, sin. And then it says, they crucified him and divided his garments, casting lots that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet. They divided my garments among them, and, my, and for my clothing they cast lots. Number five, he gave up his spirit. He died. Matthew 27, 45 to 50. Now from the sixth hour until the ninth hour, there was darkness over the land. Three in the afternoon to six in the afternoon, what's ironic about this time is 12 hours earlier on a different day, he walked on water, 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. He walked on water, here it is, 3 to 6 in the evening, he dies. And it says, he cried out with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, that is to say, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? When Jesus was on the cross, he actually became our sin. He who had no sin became sin. And he says, Father, why have you forsaken me? It felt like he was separated from the Father so much he felt forsaken. And then it says, some of those who stood by when they heard that said, this man is calling for Elijah. Immediately one of them ran and took a sponge, filled it with sour wine and put it on a reed and offered it to him to drink. The rest said, let him alone. Let's see if Elijah will come and save him. And Jesus cried out with a loud voice. And yielded up his spirit. Some people, very few people who are out there, think he didn't die. They think he went into a coma. And they put him in the tomb and he came out of the coma and overpowered with the guards. <laughs> they think he just fell asleep for a little while. No, he died. I just want to think about this for a minute. He died. Jesus died for you and me. When he asks you to humble yourself and apologize to someone, I want you to think he died. 
when he asks you to forgive someone who wronged you, I want you to think, he died. When he asks you to serve someone, give something up, give your time, your finances, your resources, your expertise, your advice, your encouragement. When he asks you to make a sacrifice, I want you to think, he died. Let's not get that lost. Sometimes you hear something so often it just gets lost in white noise. He died. And he died a brutal death. More brutal than we can ever imagine how many hours he was tortured. He hung on the cross three hours, but he was tortured all night before and day and carried the cross. I don't know how someone can suffer that long without dying beforehand, but he died for you and me. So next time he asks you to sacrifice something, stop and think he died. This is not a big deal what I'm being asked to do. And know this, that whatever he's asking you to do, 100% of the time, the devil is always going to make it look harder than it really is. The devil is always going to shield you from the blessing that is to come. And when you do it, you're going to say, man, that was rewarding. I was talking to a young lady this morning. I spoke at this event this morning. And this lady who came forward to get saved, she was telling me how... The devil, and she didn't say the devil, but she is so comfortable in dysfunctional behavior. And she feels like when she goes to obey God, she gets discouraged and depressed because she has become so comfortable with self-destructive behavior of a certain kind. And when she goes to obey God, she gets scared because it's not what she's comfortable with. The devil will make you comfortable with sin. And when God tells you, I want you to obey me, and you get uncomfortable because it's something new, you have to know the devil's going to try to intimidate you back to what is destroying you. But you have to say, no, I have to obey God. I have to obey him. Jesus obeyed him, and he died. Number six, Matthew 27, 51. Behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two. From top to the bottom. Everyone say top to the bottom. Everyone say top to the bottom. And the earthquake and the rocks split. Uh, when we built this building here in Point Loma, this building, uh, it, was, it was already built, but we had to tear half of it down to make the sanctuary. This building is the length of Noah's Ark. It's 450 feet, basically. It's 45 feet high, just like Noah's Ark. And it's three stories, just like Noah's Ark. It just happened to be that way. God. So when you walk up here in Point Loma, you th- that's Noah's Ark. The only thing that's different about Noah's Ark is that this building's wider than Noah's Ark, but it's as long and as high, almost exactly to the foot. And so what we did, I'm a, I'm a, I was an engineering student. I'm into math and numbers and all kinds of stuff like that. And we designed, put a lot of features in this building that are, uh, Bible, like in other words, in this sanctuary here in Point Loma, every seat is a Bible verse. And we have the, every book in the Bible represented in this room. And if you come to an event, you'll get a ticket that, uh, come to an event where it's ticketed, it'll say the Bible verse on it. But every seat is a Bible verse, and we have 66 books represented throughout the sanctuary. And right down here at the altar, there is a black line on the ground that goes 30 feet and back. And there is, this is the the size of the Holy of Holies in the tabernacle. 
And so I am standing in the Holy of Holies every time I preach. And the distance from where I'm standing to the ceiling is the height of the veil that separated the court from the Holy of Holies. And only the high priest can go in there one time a year, and it was canvas. It separated man from God. Are you following me? And so when the high priest went in once a year to atone for the sins of, the, of Israel, he would go in there once a year, the day of atonement, and he would go through the veil. When Jesus died, this is so cool, the veil, which was thick like canvas, tore on its own from the top to the bottom. Well, who did that? God. You couldn't do that. You'd be like, cut it, cut it, cut it, cut it, cut it, cut it. They didn't have scissors. It went... Why? Because God said, now all of you have access to me. Can I get an amen? Can I get an amen? The reason Jesus died is so you can come stand where I'm standing. Can I get an amen? So you can, come, can, you, so you can have access to God, metaphorically, in, 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 through a relationship with him. Because the Bible says the only thing separating you from God is your sin. Jesus says, I pay for your sin. Now you have access. If you reject that access, there's nothing else for you than to be rejected by the access. Number seven, last one. His death pleased the Father. Isaiah 53. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we were healed. In verse 10, it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. Can you imagine that? The father said, it pleased me to see my son die. Why? Because as he looked at all of us, he said, there's no way all these people that I created for the purpose of having a relationship with me, there's no way they can be forgiven unless someone dies for them. And that someone must be sinless. That sacrifice, that blood must be sinless. And none of them are sinless and none of their animals are sinless. Jesus, will you go? Now, I wasn't there, obviously. I can imagine Jesus going, why I got to go? Why can't the Holy Spirit go? (laughs) Holy Spirit wants you go. He said, they don't even know my name. They think I'm a bird. They're not going to go. I can't go down there. (laughs) When Jesus was arrested, right before he got crucified, when he was arrested, he was sweating blood. He was so stressed out because he knew how painful it would be. By a show of hands, have any of you ever been so stressed you sweat blood? I didn't think so. You ever do this with your head? Aye, aye, aye. These capillaries, he was so stressed, the capillaries in his forehead burst. The sweat capillaries, the blood um, source to the sweat glands burst and it came out as blood. And the father, and he said to the father, is there any other way? And the father said, you got to die. He said, but not my will, thy will be done. And he said, good boy. Good boy. That's his son. That's why I mean my good boy. 
Amen. And it pleased him. And Jesus died. And here's the good news. Saturday, Sunday, we talk about Easter. He rose. The father knows he's going to rise. But the debt was paid. Your debt was paid. The devil wants you to think you're guilty, ugly, shameful, a mistake, no good. And God says, no, no, no. I read a, I read a thing on Instagram today. It says, when the devil reminds you of your present, you remind him of his future. And when the devil tells you you're this, you're that, say, you know what? Here's, you can even say, you know what? You're right. I'm an idiot. I'm dumb. I'm a knucklehead. Uh, ladies, uh, um, just so you know how guys communicate, if a guy tells another guy he's ugly in, in the spirit of joking, we love it. Can I get an amen, fellas? Amen. It's like, cool. I, I, yeah, you know, I, so I met a guy today, this morning, he said he got kicked in the face playing rugby and he's mad at the guy who kicked him in the face because it broke all these bones. And I looked at him and said, you ugly anyway, so what's the difference to make? And he started laughing, okay? It was just a joke. My point is this. When we tell each other that, it's like, it's like, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Devil, whatever you got to say, it doesn't matter. Because the Father loves me. And he died for me. And my sins are gone. When he sees me, he doesn't see all that. I want to pray in a minute. And remember, the service is far from over. But I want you to think about that because you're going to have an opportunity in a few minutes to take your junk that Jesus paid for and put it on the cross so he could take it with him. Let's all bow our heads on all the campuses and pray. Lord, we thank you so much for your faithfulness. Thank you so much for dying on the cross for us. Thank you for enduring the, the whips, the thorns, the reed, being spit on. And we thank you for what you're going to do this weekend here at our church and all our campuses. For all the people who are going to come to church and hear the other side of the story that you rose. But Lord, I pray for the rest of the time in all our campuses that you would move in a powerful way in our hearts as we worship you, as we take communion, but especially as we prepare to nail our sin on the cross. In Jesus' name, amen. Stay right there.